Now broadcasting live via so Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, and that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped like right your mom in here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing what? a mariachi suit. Uh, we're not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bagdon Broadcast, episode number 173. I'm Chris. I'm John. Je Paul. When you paused for a second, I was like, okay, I know you usually forget what week we do in conference. I was like, did you forget his name? No, I'm pretty good about remembering what week. Well, do you it's remember, my thing now. Do you remember what we do every week? Except for the past two weeks, because we didn't record. Um, We had a summer vacation. Oh, jeez. What do we do? Oh, we do... Uh, Three topics, three main topics. No, we do one main topic <laughs> so, no, and three segments. We do three segments. We, we do three segments. The yeah. first of which being the Week in Geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Then we do the list. The books coming out June twelfth. It's gonna be like I really hope you don't forget this. <laughs> and then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. This week, it's our May look back. We're going to be looking at, I believe it's six books? Five. Five, okay. okay. It was six, then. Yeah, I pulled one we out, pulled, just so we, we didn't go over. We pulled out, because it's the yeah. safest Well, it's five. May, the fifth mo- month of the year, so we bring you five books. Got five books. Uh, from Image Comics, we have Ten Grand, number one. We also have Chin Music, number one, from Image. Then from over at Marvel, we have X-Men, number one. From Aspen, we have Kara's Magic, number one. And from DC Vertigo, The Wake, number one. That is a lot of books to be reviewing because you know we go in depth. We do spoilers ahead. If you if you don't want your book spoiled, then wait to read. wait wait another month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you you really had time to read. You, these. you had time to catch up. <laughs> it sounds like we're going to be talking a lot. Yeah, so we will develop quite a thirst, and there's only one one way to wet a thirst or to quench it, is more apropos, and that is to do what. Drink beer? Yes. And we're going to be going with some of our, one of our favorite breweries on uh, the Bag and Boardcast, and that's Ithaca. And this is their 15th anniversary Dark Rye Ale. Uh, If you've listened over the last year, we've always talking about how 14th anniversary is one of our favorites with that hoppy black ale. Mm -hmm. And this is just a Dark Rye Ale. Mm -hmm. Um we got uh, rye malts, um, traditional uh, German uh, yeast, and this has got live active yeast in it. Every bottle is going to be slightly different, and they say that you can age this indefinitely. Good thing we in picked your up cellar. a couple because uh, we haven't recorded in a little bit. I how was, much? How can we buy a whole case of it? <laughs> they didn't. Oh no, it was the old habit. They didn't old have habit. A lot. Yeah, okay. old habit wasn't a lot. Um, I was in Syracuse, New York, for two weeks for work. And the day that I had to travel up there, John was like, hey, why don't we take a detour? We can stop by Ithaca. 15 just came out. They also had another limited release beer. We, we can meet there, grab them, and then kind of go on our separate ways because he was ha- uh, heading up to his dad's. Yeah, he's going up to Canadagua. So we went and we stocked up on beer because <laughs> we were at the brewery. 15 had just came out. Also, Old Habit, which you can only get at the brewery. Um, I spent like sixty bucks. I spent the same. There. 
because I had to get stuff it, for my mom too. So far, it's worth it. <laughs> it's honestly, I have to say this: I like it better in the bottle than I did on tap. Uh, yeah, um, a lot more tighter bubbles mm-hmm. in um, on draft than it does here. Um, it was very, very Belgian-y yeah. on draft, and that might be when you serve it colder, you're, you might have those tighter bubbles. Um, but we're serving this um, in goblets, like it says to, with um, kind of that warm, that 50, 45 to, to 55 degrees. Because when we actually had it at the brewery, I said, oh, I, I like it, it's really good, but I preferred the Great Lakes Rye of the Tiger to it. What? Actually, I, I did. I, I said that. I, I stand by that's how I felt at that time. But actually having it out of the bottle, I don't know if it's because, like they said, every bottle is going to be different, every batch. This is fantastic. It's got a really nice, like, kind of malty mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. It yeah. has a great malty. Like, like a sweetness almost to it. Yeah, there's definitely a sweet. I get, definitely get a lot of sweet on this, a lot of that rye. And then, boom, at the back end, kicks me with that Belgian. It's like a mix of everything I love about, in one beer. About yeah. beer, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely... Um, Really, really good, and um, and and I keep like panicking, like no, we only have three bottles, and Chris keeps going like, no, but we sh- we should be able to get some later. We we got tons of fourteen. We can, like, and what that's what happened with fourteen. We panicked. We we're like, we're never gonna find this again. And then when we would find a bottle, like we'd buy as many as we could, I think, and we can still find it. I think I think from when we were able to find it till right now, when fifteen came out. We've probably bought like what, like ten to twelve bottles of fourteen. E- easy. <laughs> so this is going to be the same. In this is something like I want to have enough that I can every year open this up and see how it's changed. And you know, for what the rest of your life, you better <laughs> you better talk to I, Morgan Stanley and get a. Uh, <laughs> I you know, but at least what for the next five years, for the next six years, the next seven years. Like it's not it's something that if I see this, I'm gonna grab as many bottles as I and can get. If we can't find it around here, uh Paul, John and I were talking about just <laughs> going to Ithaca, like taking a day trip up. Oh, I'm invited this time? I feel like John in Spider Man too. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah, oh. but you, you your friends are going all going to the movie. They don't invite you. Two guys who are already going that way. <laughs> Who go a little like forty five minutes out of their way to stop at a brewery? It, and it was versus longer. a guy that drives. It to was have longer the, than that too because the address that they gave us oh, yeah. online was not the right place. It took us to like a harbor. Yeah. <laughs> so then we had to like get back on the road. So Paul, you would have had to drive your car to Ithaca and drive around until we found out where we had to go. And we were only at the brewery for maybe like forty minutes, if that. And I that think was we just had, like, we, two beers. We, we were lingering. Yeah. Um. But and, and then you, Paul, it, it would have been, been able to buy it, some of this. It would have been over six. Here. It would have been over a six-hour just drive for you, mm-hmm. round trip. But here's the thing: we do want to just take a day trip to go back get food because in their new brewery they actually have a kitchen, so they have like, oh cool, a small eatery area right there. And, and the food looked pretty good. And they're just doing beers just for their brew pub too. We had that McGonagall's. Yeah, McGonagall's Irish, Irish stout. stout. And, Paul, it was fantastic. Not well, just because... Did it transform your life? It's everything you want in a stout. With, and it wasn't that overly Compa- like, smoky chocolate. Com- like, it was just so smooth. Compared to the Rassler. Um, I, it's a lot, a lot a smoother, smoother, not as smoky. A little bit sweeter. Yeah, and a sweeter. It mm. was fantastic, though. And I was like, I've never seen this, and they don't bottle it. 
No, it's just something they do, and if things do well, then mm-hmm. they might make it a one of their beers. But I don't think they've put out anything, aside from these two that we're drinking today, I don't think they've really put out anything new since, like, Groundbreak, but, like, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they also had, like, their apricot wheat in a cask with real ap- apricots in it. Oh, in the cask? Well, that might be good then. Um, they have a hand pulled there. That was from another brewery. Yeah, a local. That was a brewery. smaller local brewery. Um, but actually, a really, really cool place. Like, I would love to go there again. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun, and guys. it's a very different atmosphere from what they had when we were there last time. Yeah, because like, it's not just that they remodeled. It's, it's they built, fantastic looking. Not just brewery. remodeled. It's not even in the same spot. Like, it's you walk in there, and it's a different experience. Man, you know what's it going to be a different experience? My living room after buying the Xbox One. One, one, one. Just... We all Nuts. knew it was coming. As soon as we Sony just didn't know what it was stairs, going to be count, called. As soon as they announced the PS4, it's like, okay, Microsoft, what, what do you got? And they were saying, like, oh, expect an announcement in May, and we did get that announcement. Well, they first said March because it was going to be March, and then it got pushed back okay, yeah, to right. mid-May. Uh, and then they're like, hey, don't worry, only 20... I got an email. Don't worry, only 21 more days until you learn about the new Xbox. And it's like, well, you were supposed to tell me, like, weeks and weeks ago, so... I, and I, I keep getting messages on my Xbox. Like, yeah. I'm like, who keeps sending me letters? Oh, it's Xbox. I haven't haven't been on my Xbox really yeah. lately, so I haven't seen any of that stuff yet. Now that I got a smart TV and I don't need to, you know, watch Netflix through my Xbox, it's kind of like... I'll just watch it through my TV. And also, I moved my Xbox down in the basement. Yes. To make that TV smart. You did do yeah, that. I did do that. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, the one announcement. They definitely focused on the whole, like, this will be the one box. See what they did there? Uh, for your living for that your living room will need. You'll control everything through this box. Your cable box will go through this box. All your video uh, entertainment on the internet can go through this box. You can control it with your voice. I'm like, my TV already does all that. Yeah. Because, you know, they want people to have the a big TV to experience everything on the Xbox and HDTV. And nowadays, you can't buy a TV without all those apps and services plugged into the television already. So yeah. I think it's kind of a step behind. And that's the thing, like... Just like you said, all that stuff, it's standard in your TV now. Mm-hmm. I don't think Microsoft can charge for Xbox Live anymore if they go that route, because why? Yeah. It, it's it's pointless. I don't need multiplayer besides multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Voice and video games. chat with my friends. That's that's the thing. Like I, I don't play a lot of games online with people. In... Right? And the big thing with Chris and I is, like, our TVs are just hooked up to our Xboxes. We're not hooked up to cable to watch TV or anything. So all that extra stuff with watching TV or going from streaming TV to a movie to back to TV to your video game, like, all that stuff doesn't matter to us. Like, we use ours to watch movies if we're not using our computers and to play video games. And, I, like, that's been a lot of, like, the outcry is from, like, gamers, like, no, we don't need all this. We just want a gaming unit. Like, why are we going to have to pay so much more money to play games? And that was the thing people are almost 
joking around about. It's like, hey, use the Xbox One to watch TV on your TV. Yeah. It, it's super, uh, superfluous. So, I can't talk, yeah. But most, you know, Xbox, Microsoft has been working with, I know, Comcast to make the Xbox the cable box or Comcast. So you don't need to have another cable box there. So if they go even further with that, because I know they were limited on what channels they could offer, I mean, it might make it interesting because then you can have just the one, quote unquote, box there instead of having your cable box and a gaming rig. And the other thing is, is like it's for those people who have the DVD player, they have the the sound, they have the cable box, they have the TV, and they have like a gaming system. They have, and then they have like three different remotes that they have to use. Mm-hmm. This ties it all into one. You're able to use it all as one, like Xbox on, That's, because the Kinect never sleeps. And you have to. It's yeah. Kinect comes with it, and it's basically a necessity like everything is going to be based around the connect which i don't care about i don't want it i don't need it and the fact that it's just going to be there watching me and listening to me all the time i'm not worried i'm not like one of those big brother conspiracy theorists it's just it's stupid i don't want it i don't need it i wouldn't use it for anything besides me like xbox on netflix play arrested development like Mm -hmm. that would be my interaction with the Kinect. But a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want that. I don't. I, I think some of the interaction that you can have like with your game that they've kind of showed off um, previous to this with Kinect, I think can be fun, but at the same time, I, think, I don't know if I'm always going to want to use it because I'm not that kind of gamer. Like yeah. I like to just sit and veg out. And also how the living room set up, you wouldn't be able to do everything that the Kinect is used for. In my bedroom, I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd basically just be relegated to using the voice commands because yeah. my TV is like three feet away from my bed. Oh, but you can buy the Zoom whatever thing to make it yeah, it's only gonna, you look it's further not, away. Like, the lens. Enough. I, right. Uh, I, I do think this past announcement, announcement that happened, what, two weeks ago, uh, is definitely focused at trying to make it seem like the family box. This is what you're going to buy to have in your home entertainment system. And it wasn't for the gamers. This this announcement wasn't for gamers. We have to wait until E3. Th- this announcement was for people who, who want to have one entertainment system. Yeah, but who's watching the Xbox Live press uh, Xbox announcement live? All the gamers on Xbox right. are the gamers. Yeah, yeah. So no, it was. And who did they invite to be at the announcement? Game journalists. Yeah. So it seemed like a very misplaced announcement. You know, it yeah. just didn't seem to work. I um, I haven't made like a decision yet, like PS4 or 360 or no backwards compatibility either on the new Xbox. And, and that's how it's going to go because then they can sell you the same games that you've bought already as part of a digital download. Well, they're also saying that it's because the architecture is designed so they don't need that. It's more like even more like a PC, mm-hmm. where they don't need to worry about they 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 can. It's on built on DirectX, you know, framework. I don't know what that means, or if I'm even right on that. And uh, it it's, can be upgradable like a computer, so you don't need, so they won't need to worry about backwards compatibility in the future. Like it can all just upgrade. From here on out, the processor and everything like that it sounded like 
awesome, smooth running kind of stuff. But yeah, it I think it's gonna depend on games. Yeah. And I I've been an Xbox fanboy for six years. Like I've been on the Xbox bandwagon. And um yeah. we had a place Chris you know, we had a PlayStation three. We never really used it. Yeah, never used it. It was kind of annoying sometimes when you had to load forever. But they they're fixing that with the PS4. Yeah. So it really I think it comes down to games really. It it does come down to games and then Is there a Microsoft exclusive game that you guys really like? Here's the thing, there's nothing that would make me buy an Xbox One to play it. Right. Like, I'm not a Halo fan, Gears of War. I, I like these games, I'll play uh-huh. them, but right. I'm not foaming at the mouth to be like, oh, as soon as they announce the new Halo, I have to get it. So they need to have a new IP. Even even something like Fable, uh-huh. I really enjoy playing Fable, but I'm not going to buy an Xbox One just to Peter play B, Fable. He's done with Fable. He's, he's creating the box 20, game. 22 cans. Oh, that's that's done. That, that, I know, it's that done. Ended. Yeah. Um, and did you hear what the prize was? The life-altering prize that you would win. The thing that, w- if you were the last person to click on the thing, can we explain this game? It was a, like a, it, it was a mobile game for, yeah. like, cell phones <laughs> that you could download to buy. And basically, you and every other... Curiosity. Yeah. And it was this cube that you and everybody else was slowly chipping away at. And that and if was you got to the, the center, whole game. You were like looking at the cube on your phone, tablet, screen, whatever, uh-huh. and like you'd be able to spin it and rotate it. But you would just be tapping in one spot, and it would slowly be chipping away at that part of the cube. Well, unless That's you were the idiot that bought a, what, $5,000 I don't know. item that let you have a bigger pickaxe, that let you clear a lot more cubes, or if you could you could spend like 5 bucks and have a bigger pickaxe and cu- chip away quicker. But if you were the one to hit the middle of this cube, the first one, if you had the lucky tap, you would, Peter Mayhew said, life-altering prize. And the prize is that you get to be, like, the, the the armchair quarterback for the new game coming out, like Demigod or... Uh, or goddess. Goddess. Oh, and it's... D- G-O-D-U-S. U-S. Not like Goddess. Yeah, it's like, like Telos, yeah. like from the comic book, but Goddess. Yeah, and you get to pick the rules for the game and how it's going to be played. But you won't have complete power because they can say no. Yeah, like, and, that's not going to work. And, like, but you can't more, do the second life. Let's make it rain penises. There's more, like, to the prize to life. it, too. Like, there's more stuff to it. And, you know what, that's just how we feel. Uh-huh. Who Maybe. knows? Like, the guy that won, he had to be putting time into mm-hmm. this game. Like, he was still playing a couple months after they released it. I played it for an hour and when I say played, I mean I had it on my phone for an hour, and I was like tapping. I was like, okay, that's all it is. But the game itself was a social experiment, and that's what Peter Molyneux said. Is it was called Curiosity, just to see are people curious enough to sit here and spend this much time tapping a screen? It's a game that plays you for something they don't they don't know what it's gonna be. Like the life altering experience could have been like, hey, you spend this much time. Playing this game, like, look at look at yourself, you dumb slut. <laughs> Paul got harsh on that one. I love it. But, it's from you know how I met your mother. Yeah, of course you're still single, you dumb slut. Take a look at yourself. But there, to get back around, yeah, there's, no there's nothing that will make me buy either one of these systems until I just see like, oh wow, this game looks cool. This game looks cool, and 
Until hey, Peter Mayhew comes out and says... Molyneux. Molyneux. Mayhew is... Chewbacca. I know, Chewbacca. So I try to merge them together, and that would be a life-altering experience. It says, <laughs> Christopher Roy, I have a life-altering game for you. It's not Fable. It is Chewbacca. It is Chew, <laughs> Chew Fable. Chew Fable. Oh, definitely. But honestly, a lot of it's going to come down to, like, hey, what... What are you guys thinking about getting? Because that's why mm-hmm. I got an Xbox. Paul, you had one. John, yeah. you had one. Oh, Scott wait. had one. We can play I Left 4 Dead one. together? All right, I guess I got to get an well, Xbox. That was the thing, because <laughs> there were more exclusives for the PS3 that I was like, oh, I would love to play Infamous uh-huh. or Metal Gear Solid. Like, But everyone I knew had an Xbox. So I was like, yeah, the, I, like, I like playing Left 4 Dead. I had fun when we would play Gears. Like, okay, I haven't looked back. Like, I've never regretted my decision. And you had a PlayStation and I just, 3. I never used it because all my friends played on Xbox. So that's something that I have to take in consideration, too. Was are we, We're past 10 years of the original Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. We're not quite 15. Wait, we're, no, it came out well before. No. 2000. It was I think like it was before. 2002. Yeah. Because I remember I was working at PacSun. Where's Randy out, when we need him? The original Xbox. And I was at PacSun, and we would have... Halo parties at the one sales associate's house because they had yeah, two they Xboxes link and two systems, so we would do a system link. Yeah, um, bringing the land parties to the masses. But yeah, what else we got? Uh, some, I think, good news is um, Joss Whedon said he's not making Avengers two without Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Wait, he just pack up his toys and go home? Uh, no, but what he came out and said is. Um, Marvel's not fool enough to do that. Disney's not foolish enough to do that, and I'm not. Fool enough. <laughs> like Robert's not foolish enough to do that too. Like he, everyone is on board. And, like, this hat you have to have him here. Exactly, yeah. and if you're gonna get, you you can't get rid of him. Plus, Iron Man three has made one point five billion dollars. Like, and that's because he was the movie. He's Stole the show yet again. And the little kid. <laughs> and, and, and that little kid. But, you know, he he is one of the faces. He's that first Marvel movie. Like, he's uh, Captain asking, America's the first Avenger. They say so in the title. Uh, but he wasn't the first Marvel movie. I know. I, I, I agree with you, John. I totally agree. And, you know, if they're going to start recasting and stuff, I think that's one of the things that John Joss Whedon was saying is, I don't want to have to deal with that. He looked around and said, what, is this Fox <laughs> going to cancel me right at my prime? And, I mean, he's got, he's got some big pull over there as well, doing Avengers being huge. Yeah. Avengers 2, they have you know, Disney doing, the Shield, doing um, the Shield show. Like, hold off building that new park or, you know what? Skim a little off the top from ESPN. Hey guys, let's not just buy another thing. <laughs> just, just don't worry about buying Hasbro and uh, buying out Hasbro. Just uh, just pay Tony Stark his money. And by Tony Stark, I mean Robert Downey Jr., who is who is Tony Stark? Who is Tony Stark? <laughs> who is Iron Man? <laughs> Who's the the guy has totally disappeared in that character. Yeah, and and, and, and that's why he, I think everyone knows he has to be there. Yeah, he's he's perfect for that. Um, and since we're talking about Marvel movies, um, Chris, you told me about this the other day, is you've gotten some of our first shots of Winter Soldier and Falcon. 
Um, I haven't seen the Falcon one yet. The, the that's going to be a, his own movie, or he's he's just in, no in he's Winter in Soldier. he's in Winter Soldier. Oh, cool. First shots of Winter Soldier, straight out of the comic book. It yeah, looks, it looks just, just like, just him, like which him. is great. And I I know they feel like yeah we we can do this. It's so based off reality. And um, the um, new Captain America suit, a lot more like when he was in Secret Avengers. He wasn't Captain America. He was at Secret Soldier, whatever his name was in that. Um, but it looks more like that with the star and then the stripes coming out of it. Mm. So, um, but does it looks it looks good? I just bought. Well, he, he was still Captain America in uh, Secret War. No, no, no not Secret, sorry, War. Secret, Secret Avengers. Avengers yeah. Um, be. But I'm, I'm I just bought all the because I just got a Blu-ray player first time. Hey, Xbox One Blu-ray player. Who knew? Um, <laughs> and I just bought all the Marvel movies like on Blu-ray except for Iron Man because I had all those. But you know, Incredible Hulk, uh, Thor, uh, Captain, Captain America. America. Yep. Great. Hey, hey well, that's Paul's news. Chris, <laughs> well, you got might, anything else? Might be a little early to. I'm, I'm kind of excited to it, watch him again. That's all will I'm saying. You, will you probably be buying Guardians of the Galaxy when it comes out on Blu-ray? He probably, because uh, they just cast some awesome people. Exactly. Uh, just announced uh, Doctor Who companion Karen yeah. Dillon is cast as the lead female villain in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. And also Benicio Del Toro cast in it for multi-picture deal. Multi-picture deal. As um, well. Which I got a lot of people saying... Thanos, but I mean, we already got the voice of Thanos, and that's all you really. Wait, who's the voice of Thanos? The guy who was the voice of Thanos in the in okay, Avengers. So it's just some guy. You know what, what I was thinking though? How many is, words? Were, what did Thanos speak? Did he even speak one? Yeah, he said a couple words. Smiled. <laughs> yeah, didn't he just smile? Like no, he said he did say some things. Um, it was like. Oh, to challenge Earth is to challenge death itself, right? Is that the line or something like that? No, or to I, yeah, court something death? like that. You know? No, I think the guy said that. Yeah, yeah, the guy said that. And, and, then, and then Thanos, then the smiled. guy with the extra thumbs. Yeah, and um, Thanos turned and smiled. Well, I don't think he said good or you, you know what I that's what? great news or thanks for telling me, Roger. <laughs> I wish he had said that. <laughs> we never even get the Paul special edition of the Avengers <laughs> where they put in just that. That's the only change. <laughs> <laughs> what tell me, Roger? <laughs> Thanks for telling me, Roger. Hey, uh, no problem, manly, manly. Uh, let's, just, let's just stop now. <laughs> There's no more gold in this episode. Bye. I'm done, Chris. Um, you know, but you know who we haven't gotten cast. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know who we haven't gotten cast. No, um, Roger. <laughs> Roger. Roger has not been cast. No, uh, but. Uh, uh, Rocket Raccoon hasn't been cast. Oh, maybe it's Benicio Del Toro. Maybe Benicio, he could be voicing him. That's, I think that'd be too close to could we uh, have Antonio Banderas. In- Michael Rooker's cast, right? Yeah, we talked about that. And he's playing not Rocket Raccoon. No. Oh, okay. Nobody's been, nobody's been put up for him, for voice actor for Rocket. Could it be uh, North? What's his name? Peter North? Guy that does all the voice acting for no, all. No, P- Peter North is the porn star <laughs> with the huge funny shots. Ball. You're thinking about Nolan. No, <laughs> Nolan North. <laughs> oh, there you go, Roger. You're coming all over me. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. Thanks for 
telling me, Roger. I didn't even know I was going to get a sticky we, leg. We should have just stopped. This is getting horrible. Max Fish Hooks will come out and it'll be bad <laughs> news okay, bears. Well, so I'm, I'm taking a look. Also, in kind of Doctor Who related news. Um, yeah. Oh, so sad. Are, are you really sad about that? I am. Well, it's. Matt I, Smith. I, I feel as. I feel as about as sad as I did when uh, David Tennant was leaving. Okay. And the thing is, yes, I will be well, sad I, until like five episodes into the new Doctor, and I'll be like, this new Doctor is awesome. Really? That I, first episode. First episode. Solid. First episode with Matt Smith, I went, okay. Well, I'm like, this guy is too wacky. He's just playing up the laughs. Um, I'm like, need a serious Doctor. And then I'm like, no, serious Doctor is stupid. <laughs> I hate serious Doctor. Ooh. Christopher Eccleston, you're too mean. And then I'm like, no, no, I don't know what I want out of a doctor anymore. Um, I really don't. Yeah, as, as of the end of uh, this year, the Christmas special will be yeah. Matt Smith's final appearance as the 11th Doctor. Or the 12th? Who knows? Who knows? That's, that's what's up in the air. So if he is the 11th, okay, we're good. we got uh-huh. another few years. If what happens is true... This would be the Doctor's final regeneration, so hopefully they would. Well, get you don't know because spoilers for if you haven't been watching Doctor Which Who. I haven't been, but the uh, internet ruins everything for everyone. But so. uh, I watched it all. The thing is, when River in the episode "Let's Kill Hitler" gives him her regenerations, she they mention that she's not sure how many more times he can regenerate because of that. She knows she can't regenerate anymore. Plus, I believe so, also the regeneration only having so many was a Time Lord law. No, it's that they would run out. You just <clears> wouldn't <throat> do it. Like, you, you physically could not regenerate. Like, you, your body's worn out. It's not... So, I know that the first regeneration was a punishment from... Or the second... It was either the first the, or third uh, his first, regeneration. His first regeneration... Was a punishment. Was also actually, like... Also, well, in the show, yeah. it was they reset his clock, like they mm-hmm. rewound him to be a younger version of himself. Yeah, because the actor didn't want to do it anymore because he was too damn old. <laughs> he got too old for this sh- timey wimey shit. Really? Because <laughs> a doctor they just showed is the oldest one. Yeah, John Hurt. John, John Hurt. Well, uh, it's oh, he's... I can't do this anymore, Roger. <laughs> But we don't know if he's like a past doctor or he's going to be the new doctor or if, you know, somehow well, the whole time vortex thing they jump into. Sorry if you haven't watched these season finales like me, well, but I can't wait. So I read the Wikipedias. There, there was um, uh, set shots like someone mm-hmm. took with a uh, cell phone camera of John Hurt actually filming the episodes. And his full costume was compared to one that Christopher Eccleston wore. Okay. And it's pretty similar. So they're thinking, like, maybe between when Eccleston regenerated into, uh, which one called it? David Tennant. David Tennant, thank you. Like, John Hurt's somewhere in that. Wait, what? but Rose is there watching that regeneration. See, I, I haven't watched any of it. Like, I'm just going off yeah, the blood. Like, but uh, in, uh, so the only time you could put another... him is before Christopher Eccleston. And he could be that doctor grown old. Or, like, there's been lots of things like this is the doctor before he was the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this was Eccleson. And then Eccleson re-went round, re 
winded his own time frame to make himself younger to get away from what evil he might have done because what he did was not in the name of the doctor mm-hmm. so there's there's tons of rumors we're not going to know anything until that it, christmas until special. Yeah, yeah that 50th anniversary special but, but what's Stephen moffat saying is he still going to be on the show even he though he is on the show for one or two more runs but rumor is that whoever the new doctor is new or final has been cast since january huh they kept that air and they time. said that they're going to uh probably announce it in july who's going to be the next doctor and i th- not this episode because we got so much to do and we've already mm-hmm. talked a lot about the xbox next in the news next week in the news um let's do a tilt bet kind of a thing because there is a british site right now running odds that oh, you really? can bet on who's going to be the next doctor wow and okay. I'll, uh, I'll give you guys both the list of what they have and if you have your own ideas. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that for next episode. we got to get into our list. we got to start talking to comic books because we're already a half hour in. I just wanted to say one more thing. Uh, Fables movie has a writer and a director that is probably... Writer, director, and producers. And producers, yeah. So no more TV. They said, screw TV, we're going movies. Well, it's twice, twice in TV they... They, they were trying to go. Yeah. ABC wanted to develop it, and then it didn't go through. And then they huh. did Once Upon a Time. And set, they're, like, too close. Which is going to be crazy because... Well, Once Upon a Time is the Disney versions of those characters. Yes. And Fables is definitely more of the grim fairy tale version of the characters. And you can't have them both running around on the same But property. it's going to be weird to see what happens if this does actually go through. Because mm-hmm. that, that was a big thing. Like, no, Once Upon a Time's... Not a ripoff of Fables, but it's so in line with what Fables is. Will they come out with a movie that people are going to be like, no, this is a ripoff of Once Upon a Time? No, like, if, no if, this is based off of the comic book. Have you been watching Once Upon a Time? Because I totally get... No, this is like a different version of the Disney movies. Mm. It's so Disney-fied. Like, the characterizations of those people, and you see them all, and it's it definitely feels like it's but, out of Disney. But here's the thing. That Fables does not feel like that at all but you're kind of in the bubble on this i think right because i've seen your john q public and you hear oh there's a movie coming out where it's all these storybook characters living in today's world in their own secluded community what's your first thought going to be but it's they're not, secluded, not having knowledge of it's a comic book their secluded community within new york city so they're living in new york city it's not like well, who is the fables okay so it's not like Storybrook, where it's this small town that nobody else goes into except for the story. No, nobody it's, goes into Fable Town either, though. Yeah, but the it's, Fable it's Town is protected from Mondays. <laughs> right. I know. It's going to be tough. It'll, I guess it'll be tough, but I think there's enough there that if it got the opportunity, people will be able to tell the difference right away. I don't think so. Once. Once you they're going to have to do a lot to it's, try to differentiate. We, we talked about this this week. We're like, oh, I can't believe there was two, uh, like, Deep Impact and what was the other movie? Armageddon. They're two asteroid movies coming out at the same time, you know? Or, or Ten Grand and, and uh, chin, chin Music. music. It's kind of Ants supernatural. And Life. Yeah, Ants and Bugs. It'll be like that, where people will see, will figure out and understand which one's the more quality and be able to deal with it. I really believe in John Q. Public on this kind of thing. I don't. People still talk about Deep Impact. Nobody talks about Armageddon. 
I haven't heard anyone talk about Deep <laughs> no, Impact. No, everyone said that Deep Impact sucked, and Armageddon had that awesome Aerosmith song. Nobody says that about the Aerosmith song. <laughs> <laughs> but they make jokes on how, why much your mother about Deep Impact. I, I'm pretty, you know. But um, <laughs> that's the only people who have ever thought Bugs or life, talked about it. Bugs Life and uh, you know, ants. Nobody talks about ants. Nobody Everybody talks, really talks about, about either Bugs. one of those. No, Bugs Life has the Pixar connection. Yeah. I'm going to throw this in here, too, since we're talking quick uh, news before we leave. Uh, we got the first picture of Evangeline Lilly from The Hobbit 2, Desolation of Smog, as her mm. elf character, Tyrael. Um, new character created just for the movie. She's not in the books. Oh. Um, who's hey, who's she, playing her? Evangeline Lilly. She played Kate on Lost. Lost. Oh, I know. Um, it was in Entertainment Weekly. They gave the picture of her. She looks like an elf. Oh, um, and she looks like Link from Zelda. In, in the interviews, she was just basically like, yeah, you know what? Some people are going to hate me because I'm not in the books. Other people are going to love me. I'm used to it from being on Lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, so like she's going in with the right mind for people. Like, hey, you win some, you lose some. Does an old man tell her, take this? You'll need it. It's Gandalf dangerous to go alone. Old man. It's, it's dangerous to go alone. You're like, cool, I got a wizard to come alongside me. But it's oh, not no. it's not that dangerous to go to the comic book store. Alone. No, it's definitely not. No, but most of the times we do. Uh, and most of the times I look forward to what Scott Snyder's writing. And he's writing a new book, Superman Unchained. Not Unbound, Unchained. Unbound? No, Unchained. Un- unchained, <laughs> not Unbound. But it's basically the same kind of cover art. <laughs> unbound me, Roger! <laughs> And uh, art by Jim Lee. And come on, it's Scott Snyder writing Superman. How cannot this? How can this not be good? I've been enjoying the because actually the second issue with the Andy Deagle Action Comics came out. I didn't know he was still writing that because I like, think he got like three done. Maybe. Okay, it's still good. I, I have been enjoying that, so I'm I'm going to enjoy picking up my second a second Superman book for the first time I think ever. This will be the first time I am. Buying a <clears throat> Superman book continuously, I guess, or it's, yeah, because I bought the I bought the Jim Lee, also uh, Brian Azzarello, okay, Superman book when that came mm-hmm. out. It was, it was just Superman, time, but yeah, it was just Superman. It was, it was like issue seven hundred, starting with or eight hundred six oh eight, I think. Okay, so that's the bizarre. No, that was the, their Batman. Okay. Run, because they picked up right after they finished mm-hmm. their run on Batman, or Jim Lee and Jeff Loeb finished on Batman. Um, I don't know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to actually reading your copy of it because Chris and I had that trade off. He got he got Unchained, and I grabbed um, Batman Superman, that, which that's how we do things. which I'll be picking up at the end of the month. But uh, my book is something also written by uh, Scott Snyder. And uh, Greg Capillo, and that is the Batman Zero, and um, Batman number twenty-one, number twenty-one, the zero year, right? That's what yep, it's called. Yep. Year zero. Year zero. See, no, zero year. Is it zero year? Yeah, zero year. It's okay. Um, but we've been a Batman podcast. Why it's wouldn't a Google it, race? Why wouldn't we want to? Right here, I got it. Right here, I won. What? <laughs> hey, you lost, Roger. <laughs> oh no, Roger. I really hope Benicio Del Toro is cast and he's like, alright, what's this Thanos guy sound like? And he just like Google searches it and randomly we come up and he's like, alright, here we go. And, and Josh is like, 
uh, who's directing Guardians of the Galaxy? I don't even remember. Uh, James Gunn. He's writing it, or is he directing? Directing. 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 Okay, and he's just like, and you see, I don't know where you came up with it, <laughs> but it's gold. <laughs> Sorry, done. <laughs> but I, with the zero issue of Batman, where you got that young Bruce Wayne, young everyone in the hood gang, like I, as soon as the next issue came out, and I was like, oh man, I want more of this young Batman written by Scott Snyder. I'm going to get it, and I can't wait. That's all I have to say. Well, I have something to say, because I, too, am looking forward to a comic book. <clears throat> Gasp. I know. Hey, can I just say something about the last issue of Batman that came out, number 20, where, yeah, you on. know, uh, he basically fools Clayface into mimicking himself, Clayface. And yeah. I'm like, man, that's what happened in that the first Matt Smith episode of Doctor Who, where he got the uh, zero, the uh, multi-form to masquerade as... Yeah. The multi-form, and I'm like... Thanks for wrapping that up quickly, <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. Why Why would Scott Snyder rip off something totally awesome? Oh, all right, because it's totally awesome. Because it's totally awesome. All right. Um, I'm also looking forward to something totally awesome, and it is The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys, number one, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Gerard Way from the now-dead My Chemical Romance, hmm. and writer of... One of my favorite books from Dark Horse within the past couple of years, The Umbrella Academy. Paul was playing an air violin. <laughs> I totally was playing air violin. Um, I would be buying this book no matter what. The fact that Becky Cloonan's what? Becky Cloonan's doing art is just even more gold on top of that. That's the only reason I'm buying this book. Really? Well, you didn't really like Umbrella no, Academy it, too much. It didn't seem to have any rules. It didn't. Exactly. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, it was great. I can't wait for this book to come out. Um, this book takes place. I, re- I, w- I reminded you that it should be coming out because I want to read it so well, bad. I, I knew it was coming out. I just didn't know when. Um, this book takes place in the semi-near future when the world is run by a overbearing corporation known as Better Living Industries. And there's a few people that have chosen to fight it, the Killjoys. And... I don't know what John's doing. My dog apparently took up poop all over. over. Okay, so I I did read that correct. Um, Lost my train of thought. I was thinking about dog poop now. No, go ahead. Okay, I I didn't know if you were going to pause it so you can look at the dog poop. Then I'll finish Um, the dog poop. uh, I'll get Roger to do it. (laughs) There we go. This book actually takes place after the concept album by My Chemical Romance, which you can actually get caught up just up by watching the two music videos off of the CD, uh, where the Killjoys die. This is continuing the story of the little girl huh. who followed around the Killjoys. Cool. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Dystopian cyber future. Oh, cyberpunk. Cyberpunk esque. Kind of cyberpunk esque. One Mad corporation. Maxi. Corporation owns the world, so therefore that's yeah. cyberpunk right there. Uh, people with like techno limbs. There could be some techno limbs. There's a lot of like ray guns. Ray guns. Stuff. But throwing some Mad Max style like, motorcycles and motorcycles and cars, cars that are like post apocalyptic. Yeah, Becky Clune and Art. Grant yep. Morrison. Oh, that's gonna be great. <laughs> Grant, Grant Morrison. No, Grant, Grant Morrison's in the music videos. He plays. Um, member of the Scarecrow Project, which is basically like a genetically engineered like assassin. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might love this stuff a little too much. 
much like our next beer. And now, a dramatic reading from Dark Horse Comics, Star Wars, number four, page nine, panel two. I don't think I've read this one yet. Don't ruin it for me, John. This this one? Yes, the one that I pointed out, and he said, okay, yes. Second panel on there. Did he say second panel? Yes. We always do. What? What is it? Ben, is it really you? It's Leia that's important, Luke. And that was a dramatic reading from Dark Horse Comics, Star Wars, issue four, page nine. Enough with that bullshit. Let's try Old Habit because <laughs> it smells absolutely wonderful. I'm really looking forward to uh, this. This is their Excelsior. Um, the 15 is also considered an Excelsior, but... Um, the Excelsior is kind of their limited release. Like It's something it's they, they brew it just to state try. State motto yeah. of New York. Onwards and that's that's half the reason they're a New York brewery. Um, but this is a <laughs> that's half the reason they're a New York brewery because they no, loved Excelsior so much. They, they loved moved. it as a state motto. Um, they moved here from, from PA, this, which was don't be don't be stupid. <laughs> this, don't be stupid, Roger. Don't be stupid, Roger. This is old habit. This is a malt beverage aged in oak barrels, a robust American ale brewed with four different rye malts and fresh centennial and crystal hops. It is partly fermented in whiskey barrels, then carefully blended. Uh, This is another one where they say you can age it almost indefinitely, drink it 50 degrees, keep cool, and drink out of the glasses that we have. There is a lot to this. Yeah, it's almost too much going on right now. It's like a sour, and then all of a sudden it hits you at the back end, and then you get this uh, bourbon like aftertaste, and then burn, and I feel dragon breath. And it's got like a pop, of like something. a flavor pop. I'm trying to and place it's it. Sweet. It's not. It's, it's not plums. plums. It's it's like a there's a fruitiness Dark to it. Fruit raisiny. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. What is it? Oh. It's crazy. good. I, I really like it, but there's so much happening. There is, like, yeah. It's almost like it's like cherry, like flat cherry crush kind of taste. I just, I'm just scoping out the bottle here too because you can tell it's a big boy. It's nine percent. I thought it was actually going to be. Yeah, a I bit thought more. it was. Gonna I don't be really get that. the dragon breath. I get a lot you, of heat. Actually, you, I don't think you usually do because I'll get that alcohol on something and i'll look at paula and paula be like yeah and then you're like i don't get that i think you might not be you might be uh just not prone to it or something because maybe i drink a lot of scotch that could be it like you just might not notice it anymore yeah but yeah because even like that corn whiskey i didn't really feel any heat off that the corn whiskey doesn't have too much of a heat we were drinking corn whiskey. It's Dude, good, but it's weird. I heard a very interesting fact that, of course, if you actually thought about it, it's just like, yeah, duh. But when you eat corn on the cob, you're eating fertilized seeds. Those every... That's that's fertilized. You're eating yeah. baby Thanks corn. Thanks for the news, Roger! <laughs> baby that's, corn. That's cool. I eat babies I all, the like a, a corn all the time. I eat corn all the time. But baby corn... Is not fertilized at all, so it's not actual babies That's of weird. corn. God, I just, there's yeah. so much to there's, this. There's so, yeah, wow. it's like got that sweet <clears throat> sour. It's yeah. it's it tastes like a sour to me, but but only like it's, it's, on, it's mm, on the front more. But yeah. then you get that like bourbon. That bourbon. I wish I could age mm-hmm. it a year right now because I I want to see what it tastes like in a year. It almost has like that like that like Merlot kind of. 
wine taste to it. Yeah, I can see that. Dark, like, rich, especially fruits. like right on the back. Like just after taking mm-hmm. a sip, you just let it sit there, yeah, right on the back of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of get that tanniny taste. Mm. But uh, what doesn't leave a taste in our mouth is our books that we read because we don't, we don't eat our eat books. Them? We read our books. Yes, oh, that's exactly where it's going. No, Roger, you don't eat those books. <laughs> what do you guys do with the? Do you spit out the staple, or do you just go whole hog like you, you do you with apples? In, like I eat the apple corn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remember that. Johnny Appleseed over here, Christopher Roy. If he ever takes a dump in your backyard, you'll have an apple tree in three months. Hey, you can just be happy you didn't take it in your kitchen. <laughs> it's true. So what's our first book? Well, we have a stack in front of us. Uh, I'm going to pass the stack over to John so I can actually type up what we're doing on the website okay. here. And this is my book that I brought. This is uh, by J. Michael Starzynski. JMS, uh, if we're short. JMS. JMS. And uh, Ben Templesmith. This is called Ten Grand. Ben Templesmith, famous for uh, 30 Days, 30 days, days a Night. night. Um, a fantastic and artist. And JMS, famous for uh, not Battle. Battlestar Galactica, but... It was, uh, Babylon 5. Babylon 5. It's, it's the other B one. It, it's, yeah. I've actually never watched Babylon 5. And not 5. Deep Space Nine, but Deep Space Nine basically came out because... Battle, because uh, Babylon 5 was doing so well. But, uh, yeah. This is a book I kept opening it up, and I kept thumbing through it. And I'm like, not that Ben Templesmith is a bad artist, like I like his art, but I look at it and I'm like, I don't know if I'm in the mood for this kind of a book. Yeah, because it's, I think the coloration, the Ben Templesmith colors are what sets Ben Templesmith apart. It's that yellow, gray, and black. Yeah. And then you got red or stint, but it's that yeah. muted red, very muted red. Yeah. But the it, bright I, yellow and then just grays. I think muted is the best way to describe his art style. But uh, before we get, we always do this before we get into the book. Before What's we, the book about? The book is about um, this girl comes to this guy sitting at a diner, hands him ten thousand dollars to or ten grand or ten grand titular line to titular line. investigate. The disappearance, the disappearance of, of her, sister. her sister. And it's not until he finds out who's behind that that the story really gets interesting. Because you find out that the man that's behind the disappearance is the man that has killed our hero. Mm-hmm. And who our hero, after being brought back to life, then killed. Mm-hmm. He is a enforcer. Uh, and he, he is an enforcer for... He was an enforcer for the mob. Now he's an enforcer for the angels. Yes, for for heaven. Uh, and he is an enforcer for heaven because he's promised five minutes after with his now deceased wife, because the villain of the story killed her also, uh, in heaven every time he dies a righteous death. And he'll just keep on coming back to life and doing the work he needs to do. It's kind of like... Um, John Constantine meets the Punisher. Um, in a way, yeah. I wouldn't say Punisher as much, but definitely. Hitman. Yeah, uh, but Hitman's fun. Yeah, Hitman's. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's it's a really interesting book. Um, by the end of it, I I really liked it. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a good book. I I couldn't wait. First book off my stack when Chris came back from the comic book shop was Ten Grand Number Two. Like I, I did. I really it's, liked it. I it's liked Constantine. He's an asshole that has supernatural powers that is trying to pull one over on the devil. 
He's always more in the know than you are, mm-hmm. and he's letting you in on his secrets. And this guy's doing the same. Yeah. Because he's like, I won't tell you my name because names have power. And yeah. I'm going to do this because this is what I do. Them's the rules. And you're like, what are the rules? Rules of what? Rules of who? Oh, he's talking to an angel right now? But she's in a stripper body? She's in a stripper body. I forgot because, about that. Yeah, he, he's, he summoned her. He summoned her. And within, it, yeah. And she just says kind of like a fuck you. Like, yeah. She's like, you, you really did this to me. Mm-hmm. When I first started reading this, I was like, oh, it's almost like a Cal McDonald book by Steve, Steve, Niles. Steve Niles. Like It just reminded me a lot of that. But then after it kind of got more into like the supernatural aspects of it, it's like, oh, it is it is like a Constantine-type book mm-hmm. because he does that magic. He's not just like a private detective. Yeah. Which it almost sets up at the beginning. It's like, oh, he's just, he's just like a Joe on the street down on his luck. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this book. I'm looking forward to stealing number two from you. Yeah, right when we get home, I'll throw it to you because I did. I it was really kind of that surprise. Like I liked it so much, and I was mad at myself for like pushing it off just because like I wasn't in the mood for I, reading I, a Ben Templesmith book. Ben Templesmith art is not something that I gravitate to, and it should be. It's that it kind of fits, gritty. It, and it, if it's if it's paired with the right person, mm-hmm. like it fits so well with the tone of this book. It's a gritty, sketchy kind of style that I really enjoy. From um, he did uh, the issue of the Blackest Night crossover, a Starman. Oh, um, was that him? It's not him. No, I'm, not him. I'm, I'm saying this. Oh, is that. The art. Oh, yeah. sorry. It starts with an S. Uh, I enjoy his art too, but Ben Templesmith with that yeah. very muted colors and that. Just it's almost unnatu- like, it's Here's slightly cartoony, but but I was like it's uh, like exaggerated. Like everything's very angular mm-hmm. in style, and, and every every character, every face has fluidity to it, where they'll actually their proportions are never the same. No, um, so it kind of does. You know when you you can't be sketchy and cartoony, but usually your proportions kind of stay the same. Uh, but I feel Ben Tempest Smith is like faces becoming elongated at some points, and then they're more stored and stout other times. And you, it's hard to pick up on visual cues to let you know who's talking to who and what's happening. Yeah, uh, uh, kind of what I wanted to get into before, but then I was like, no, we're actually talking about the book without saying what the book is. Is all this stuff is very muted, but when he makes stuff pop, it pops. Mm-hmm. Like when he's at that strip club talking to the angel, it's a lot of reds. Yeah, like everything's really almost bright. like I don't. It's not inked, but mm-hmm. drawn with like a white over it too. Yeah. So it just it's so you know it's an angel because yeah. it just those pages just jumped out so much more after that like grayish brown mm-hmm. that you have on like the pages before it. Oh yeah, brown. That's the color I was looking for, not gray. <laughs> and it's great because Paul's colorblind. Like yeah. no, but he does he does do a lot of grays too. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's definitely more brown. This is a solid book if you want like that gritty street level. If you're upset that there's thing. not going to be a constant hailblazer in the Vertigo universe, this is the book to kind of scratch that itch. Hey, Constantine's pretty good though. I'm I'm looking forward to reading those ones too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got those. Um, since we're talking about this, let's go right over to Image and talk about uh, Chin Music. Explain by- this to me, John, because I read it. I gave it, I'm like, halfway through, I'm like, oh, it's a no-dialogue book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> this will be really easy for me to get through for this. Uh, Steve Niles and Tony Harris. 
Which is interesting because Steve Niles worked with worked with, with Ben Templesmith on Thirty Days a Night. On Thirty Days a Night, and I actually read this one first. I read Chin Music before Ten Grand because I was like, "Oh, Steve Niles, cool." Because I loved Thirty Days of Night. I loved everything else that he did over at IDW. Um. So this book, when it was solicited, and I saw, oh, Steve Niles has a new book out. I usually like to pick up Steve Niles. At least they're number ones. Like, I picked up that Frankenstein. I picked up a couple other ones that he's done. I do enjoy his thoughts on kind of that dark and macabre thing. I've, you know, the the Cal Macabre stories. Like I've Cal always, McDonald. Cal McDonald, thank you. I've he, um, always enjoyed those. He does great modern horror. Like It's updated, it's fresh, but it's still so steeped in what he loves, which is that classic horror. Like when he did that Frankenstein book with yeah. uh, Bernie Wrightson. Awesome. Yeah. Like I didn't think I was going to enjoy that as much as I did because it, it's like like that classic Frankenstein, but it, I, I, I you go back and find whatever episode that was because it was actually a solid book. It was a very solid book. My only thing is, like, I kept missing the issues because it was like the second issue didn't get pulled for me, so it's like I'm just gonna wait till it comes out in trade. But anyways, when this was solicited, Chin Music was solicited as a alien taking on the forces of evil in a 1920s kind of gangster story. Okay. I get 1920s and gangsters. You see that in the book. Mm-hmm. You, but you, you, aliens, I did al- not know. Aliens, you get. Well, if no, it, no. When there's nothing that says aliens about yeah, they say when mystic, but it, maybe it not. has that mystic feel. But when the guy takes off and is being chased by these other guys with glowing eyes, he takes off in flight, and then they rip all his skin off, and he says, "I just want to go home." And you have no home, Edler, and we strip you of the powers you were born with. And they etch their symbols into his skull. Out, out in front of the Sphinx and the pyramids in yeah, Egypt. And, and Nothing knocked, about that says, the nose off. says aliens to me, though, because yeah. it's all very mystic-based. Like, yeah. the guy sitting in, like, a tent in... It almost looks like India, like... Mm-hmm. Or Egypt. Or it could be Egypt. Like I think it's Egypt, because it's where he was running in, and that's where he took off from... But they don't say. There is absolutely no story to this book. It's just a sequence of events. And it's just, yeah, the first five pages are without any sound, and it's it looks it, like it, a detective in the 1920s, you know, drawing etchings on a bullet. On a bullet. And then you're in Egypt, and it's a guy sitting at a table, and then he socks another guy, and they go chasing him in front of the pyramids. And then he crawls from Egypt without any skin on him to the 20s where Elliot Ness picks him up and it's like hold on pal we're gonna get you and then he's back to being a detective it's that that's it's we're not doing a terrible job of telling what this book is that's exactly what happens in it I went back multiple times to make sure I didn't miss a page did I forget to read a caption here there is nothing to this book that lets you know what the story is it's not a book of just setup. I can understand a first issue being like, okay, here's the tone, here's what's going to happen in Tube and Beyond. You don't get that even. Yeah. Uh, 
Steve Niles, I am very disappointed in this book. Yeah, I have no idea where it's going. All I know is, oh, suddenly they killed Al Capone instead of just locking him up in prison. Well, no, what he fires the gun out the window. And from the first couple pages. From the first yeah. couple pages, he fires the fires the gun out the window, and then at the last page, I think that's his bullet killing Al Capone. Mm-hmm. That, 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 yeah, that's the bullet killing Capone, but was, is Capone one of these alien demon things? I I don't know. Or is it just this alien there, demon thing trying to interfere again? I'm going I'm to grab the book back. I know you want to get to the next one, but there's nothing that even links those time periods, though. It's not even like you see it in the huh. 20s on the first page, it's like saying, now, and then it cuts back. Yeah. Well, like, well, the alien what you're supposed that to see was is helping you see, in the tent. You see him sitting there with the glowing eyes, and then it goes to the tent, and the guy has the same glowing eyes, so it's supposed to show it's the same character. Yeah, and the character does get picked up by Elliot Ness, you yeah. know, the guy that basically gets Capone in for tax evasion. But it doesn't... It's it, not enough, because when you c- go back to him... Did anybody else chuckle when it was Ness? I'm a Federal Bureau of I, Investigations I Officer like, Ness. And like, I'm like, Ness. like, it was I'm like, like oh, oh cool. okay. Uh, Capone. Yeah. So it's the 1920s. I know what time it is. So I didn't feel like I needed that now, 1920, you know? No, but when they cut back to the guy, he looks completely different yeah. at the end. Before well, yeah, because he's not a skeleton. <laughs> no, but even from the beginning, because... It, well, yeah, he regenerated, like Doctor Who. I don't know. I, yeah, it, I, I, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I wasn't as happy. I, I was I more nothing. happy with... Um, I was more happy with Ten Grand over that. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I wanted to do both of these books in the mm-hmm. same... They both came out this month, but next Can, to each other, because one was very well done, one wasn't. was just confusing as hell. And talking about confusing as hell... Did you see the next book, or are you just... Yes, okay. yes, I did. Um, next up, from Aspen, this is part of their 10 for 10. Like we said mm-hmm. before, we're going to be talking about all these, because, hey, they're only a dollar each. Why not? Is Char- ah, I can't talk tonight. Fuck. Care's Magic number one. Um, this is over from Aspen, written by Vince Hernandez, with art by Vincenzo Cuca. Uh, wow, and this is, I done. This is actually a volume two. Care's mm-hmm. Magic is a book that came out... Much like uh, the genie book that we read, and Shrugged. also Shrugged. Journey is brand new. Oh, really? That had okay. no previous. Um, there was another one that was a, a sequel book, I believe. Uh, it was Legends of the Shadow Clan was a new one. Oh, the the one where it's the Mystic Shrugged Fairy Tales? No, that wasn't a part of this at all. Know. Never mind. I think there was another one, though. I don't remember. Okay. I thought Jury. Jury. No, Journey's brand okay. new. No, that, wasn't that J. Michael Starzynski? No, that was... Uh, oh, I'm... Having an off day. It's okay. We're it's, talking it's about the Paris guy that Magic. wrote Green Arrow. Oh yeah, JT Cruel. JT Cruel. Yes, thank you. Also, stop being so cruel to me. But three names. Cares Magic number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is picking up after the events of Volume One, which we have never read. This is our first introduction to this mm-hmm. world, where it is about a stage magician in Vegas named Hank. You never seem to do any stage magicianery. You, though. you never do. He just is hanging out in Vegas. That's he's, all he's I know. He's hanging out in Vegas. With in this Vegas. girl who has visions. Named Sudana, who is a druid. And his talking uh, cat, I believe, Sparkles. I believe we came up with a new phrase for her. She's a druitch. Druitch uh, shaman. Druitch cool. shaman. Uh, She's apparently there was some catastrophe in this world that humans disappeared. Three months ago. Three months ago. Thank you. Humans started appearing again. And there are these creatures from this place called the Void 
that mm-hmm. attacked Earth, and they were Cybermen. Cybermen. They were the Cybermen. They were sent packing. Everything is Doctor Who today. By, by our heroes. And now they're they're coming back. All evil magic was supposed to have been dispelled, but mm-hmm. there's traces coming back, and it looks like they're prepping for another. Invasion. Because they opened up a portal, and that portal uh, opens up into South Town, South Town, or Southland, Southland, L.A. But yes. Yes, and uh, they're in Las Vegas, and they need to get to Southland, L.A. right quick because their old sensei tells them that they need to be there. His name's like Khan or Kuhn yeah, or something. Yeah, Kuhn or Khan. But yeah. Yeah, and so it's those two uh, discovering what's happening and their apartment complex casino becoming a big lizard that they have to fight, but they don't really have to fight. I think the lizard came out of the ground. Yeah, it came out of the ground. Oh, okay. And then it was the building by itself didn't creature. turn into a worm. <laughs> Paul, hey, okay. Paul was confused. <laughs> he just <laughs> read chin music. He didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and the pet monster. Munchie. Munchie, my pet monster, who the uh, stage magician, who we never see do any stage magic because there's nobody there to perform to, uh, is is the master of because he unlocked the uh, handcuffs that Munchie had, much like in My Pet Monster. He, I had he, a My Pet Monster. They were cool because they were like stuffed animals but puppets too. Yeah. Uh, he he fights the giant lizard by becoming even larger than he appeared to and be. Give, you definitely need to read volume one to understand what the like F you, is happening in this. You don't have to. You like, don't have to because I was... No. I no, have no idea what's going on. Paul, you just said everything that happened. I know, but I, I don't know you. why it happened. I don't have any the, relationship to the these first characters. Couple pages, the and first couple you don't, you don't. You don't have a connection with them, but they give it to you right away. No, and they don't give me anything right away to latch on to. They what? What they? What, I, I say it's not right away, but they do give you. They get, do give you things with the, the, the main character one. They give you the fact that. If he knows, in the conversation on the phone with, um, <laughs> I Khan, understand the plot. Th- no, I don't no, no. When they're the on hooks. the when they're on the okay. phone with her, they say she says, you know, I'm worried about telling him because he's going to want to go and save those right away. So you know, this guy is one of those heroes that, no matter what, he's going to save his friends and family. Two, he doesn't want to leave Munchie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to leave him at all. He feels horrible when he gets out from. Um, Vegas. Vegas. He's like, we should, you know, we could have done something. Like, he's a big monster. He can take care of himself. You know, he's he, a bleeding heart, and that's all. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, so you know that character of the hero. You know that the 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 the, the witch. What is it? The druid. Druid shaman. <laughs> she's a, she's a druid, but we call her druid shaman yeah. because it's fun. Why not? Yeah. She loves that character. You can tell that right away because she doesn't want to tell him. That her his friends are gone. I don't know if it's love or just like no, a friendship or. I think it's more than that. <laughs> but it seems more like they you, mention like, oh no, those are his loved ones. That the other druidch that has turned evil might be his actual love interest that has now turned evil. Did they aren't they in bed together? No, <laughs> they're she, not. She has to put her pants back on. <laughs> no, they're in two different separate beds. I don't think so. No, they're in the same bed right they're there. In the same bed. Oh, really? At 9 a.m. Yeah. They wake up. Okay. No, but, my bad. And then he's, he's got a talking cat named Sparkles, too, who's, who's Who, desperate for action. Yeah, he definitely wants to get into these fights. Like, 
and he seems like he's kind of dicky. Like you, you kind <laughs> I have of no you, idea what brought these characters together. I have no I idea what. But, here's the, but you know, yeah, no, it was the void. <laughs> yes, the void did it, and now the void's coming back. So these people are re are having to have to fight no. this again. Down, you want to know where the, the void people is? who helped them defeat the void, who are now part of the void, and you have an elder wizard who's not so sure everything's going to work out this and, time, and, and he's, he's going to do shit. Too. He's going to do shit. He's going to sit there I, in his little library and do shit. I have to say, <laughs> and talk to this assassin girl. It was we don't know. We don't know shit. what he's going to do because I haven't read the first volume, well, this, but I want to. I I actually. I'm more interested into reading the first volume than reading the issue two. See, I don't feel like I need to read the first. I mean, the first volume, yes, you could probably get a lot more about the characters, but I think this book did a great job, and I wasn't into this book until that phone call with the older wizard. Like, yeah. that's when I said, was, okay, I'm I'm now into this book, because they gave some he of those laws you. of... He conned you. Con, they conned gave, you. They okay. gave some of those laws of magic... You know, like you can't, you, you can't not tell him. If you do that, you're changing the destiny of what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And because she didn't do that, her powers, like I think, her guilt is overriding her powers because she can't see what's going on. And their other companion, he's taken out too. Like so, whoever this void is that's coming to Earth is taking out this guy's team mm-hmm. one by one, and that's an awesome story like you can see that right away that this guy now it's just going to be him and his cat to take on the void this cat which is just itching to get out there like i Mm. I actually really enjoyed this more than i thought i was going to like i bought it because it was a dollar and it was Mm -hmm. like yeah we can do all 10 of these for the show cool i really enjoyed it paul I, I, so I have the void in my heart. <laughs> I, 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 there is a void in my heart for this story. I think I'd rather, like I said, read volume one to try to figure out what's going well, on Paul, and understand you, the characters. If you want to, I will be ordering it. When I was going through rereading this, because I haven't read it since it came out, mm-hmm. um, and I was flipping through it again, just re-catching up, and I was like, I want to read the first volume. I was like, I want, I'm going to order right now. But John had my computer because you were looking up stuff. <laughs> so I was like... I'm. I plan on getting this. This is one of the books that, so far from this ten for ten, this and Legend of the Shadow Clan, I enjoy. It's something that's not what I normally read, but I want to. I want to see where it came from and maybe where it goes. I might not continue to buy it, but you know what? If number two is coming out soon, mm-hmm. I probably won't be able to get it at the comic book store because it's such a niche book that it's not something that's going to be stocked. I'll order it from Aspen, like. Why not? I can order Legend of the Shadow Clan two and three while I'm at it. Like, yeah, I and I I wouldn't want to read those. I don't feel like I need to read. I think they did enough setup that you don't really need to read volume one. You can get a better idea about those characters and everything that went on, but I think they they actually set it up with do. enough going on in this book that you can understand and follow it. I, I, I think there's enough plot there. That's I, I totally agree. There's a lot of stuff yeah. going on. I, I just don't think there's enough of that story beat to catch uh, for the characters to link me in to care about those story plots. I don't have to read that first volume, but I want to. There is enough here between... Mm-hmm. If I cared characters. about those characters, the story would be awesome because, oh shit, everything's going down see, right now. First, and then first, but I'm like, like, four pages? I don't care about Munchie. I really don't. I He's don't, my pet mar- monster. I don't care. It's, I don't care about them, 
but I want to know yeah. who they are. Right. Like it, okay. this issue yeah. did enough to make me be like, oh, who, I, I can understand who are they? Points. Like, I I like them. I might care about them. I thought the gangster talk in the very beginning was a little the, yeah. it, it was a little, a little, a little of but the I, I did like the two old ladies like oh. yep oh, it's gone downhill yeah. <laughs> like, that it was, was a little Transformers the second movie with the we like Transformers with the gold teeth a little like yeah, yeah. Ooh, um, a little almost first first six to maybe eight pages I did not like this mm. and I was like ugh yeah, they're in what am I what do I have to read right now but all of a sudden like it roped me in. Her like, tattoo becomes alive or something? Yeah, they glow. Okay. Yeah. Check out the front cover. She, she gets visions. Check out the uh, like the preview for the upcoming covers, too. Like, well, no, because I feel movie. pervy when I check out Aspen this covers. Guy, this guy. Come on. Aspen covers. Paul, there's one moment you were like, ooh, well, that was knock, you. knock. <laughs> and um, it's her knockers just in front of the page. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to. So good on you, Aspen. Um, artwork, too. We didn't talk about that. This is more like that cartoony style. Cartoony. Like when you were talking about Ben Templesmith before. Almost cheesecake-y I would, I kind of I wouldn't say stuff. cartoony for him. This I'd say more cartoony. Like, mm-hmm. everything's pretty crisp, clean. Yeah. Exaggerated. There. This one's mine. <laughs> no, yours is on the table, though. Oh. That one's mine. Because the next book's X-Men number one. And we have three issues, <laughs> or three copies of this I bought one. Uh, I bought two. Because <laughs> I was in Syracuse for two weeks, and it came out, and I really wanted to read it. So I bought it from the comic book store in the mall. And then when I came back from Buffalo, I had my pull copy waiting at the comic book store. And this is the uh, long-awaited all-female X-Men. Uh, written by Brian Wood, art by Olivia Copia. Uh, did I say that correctly? And this is focusing on uh, Jubilee having a baby. And we don't know where not, this... Not having right. a baby. She's got a baby. She has a baby. <laughs> she has and a she's baby. carried around in a backpack, too. She's and it, it, this baby's an orphan, and she's trying to save it from being an orphan the only way she knows how, by giving it a family. And to give it to the family she's only ever known, and that's the X-Men. Uh, but unfortunately, there is something that she is missing, and that is what the baby is carrying. And apparently this old villain... From back in X Men days that I don't remember. It's, this is actually something that I had to look up because I don't know who it John was. John Sublime. John Sublime. It's a character created by Grant Morrison in the later issues of New X Men that I didn't huh. read. Um, he's a sentient microorganism that possesses people, and he has a sister who does the same thing. But to technology also. Yes. Um, and I, ha- I had to Wikipedia because the, the X Men are acting like he's hot shit. And I'm like. I don't know who yeah, this yeah. guy is. Like, and then when I Wikipedia, he's not Sebastian like, Shaw. He's not Magneto. He's I Wikipedia it, and I was like, created by Grant Morrison. Next, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> no wonder <laughs> nobody knows what this is. But this basically deals with uh, bringing Jubilee back into the fold. She doesn't look like a vampire. She does not, but she is still a vampire in this book. She oh, really? still doesn't have her powers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Um, I thought for a second, I'm like, because they showed the baby reaching up and zapping, electri- you know, an electrical thing. I'm like, holy shit, it is Jubilee's kid. She just doesn't remember because yeah, you know Jubilee would, thing. like, you know, would spark things. And I'm like, but they wouldn't manifest their powers until, like, no, puberty. That was the and then, nope. The other yeah thing like piggybacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Her. And uh, it's kind of fun, and it ends with this reveal page of this. Omega Sentinel 
being awakened. An- another, another mutant thing. that I don't know. Or another X-Men villain that we don't know. It's a lot of stuff that I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's a writer that I'm willing to give a chance. You know what? It's a lot of stuff that I don't know, but I'm really looking forward to finding out more mm-hmm. about. And like Chris said, like he had a Wikipedia that I didn't wouldn't know that until he handed me the issue and then looked it up and said, hey, they're this. And I was like, okay. Um, but it is a kind of fun, has that family kind of book, even if it's just those women characters. And I loved Storm with the Mohawk again. Yeah. Um, I really liked Rachel's look in the book and the tone and feel about her. Yeah, because like you said, you don't read Wolverine and the X-Men. <laughs> this is taking Paul forever to climb past. <laughs> I could have just picked set up um, um but and, and even like seeing like rogue in the book again like it's something fun like i haven't seen rogue in an x-men book in years yeah like i buy wolverine the x-men i buy all new x-men i buy uncanny x-men which that's three x-men books but it's not the bulk of x titles there's still like x-men legacy uncanny x-men i don't even remember all the other ones out there Rogue's not in any of the three books that I read. So I haven't read a Rogue issue in a while, and it was really cool seeing her back. Like, when she's just, like, flying around with Kitty Pride, Yeah. And almost showing off when she's like, you can just rip the door off this train. They built these things in the 70s. <laughs> and then she just stops it, and she's like, yeah, I'm Rogue. Like, it was a cool... Can't wait for Logan to have to write the check for this. <laughs> it was It was a cool reintroduction to that character. And I, I love Jubilee. Just seeing her made me happy. I love Shadowcat over in Wolverine and the X-Men. Just seeing her phasing through the train. This book has everything I And Psylocke. So and Psylocke, who's really not doing too much except... I, just like she, 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 had that, she had the psychic bow. Yeah, she makes She's psychic in that bow. room, like... And and here's the thing, like... fucking around. She doesn't have to do anything in this because just... Like the couple pages that she's on there, you know she's a badass. Yeah. Uh, no, he's telling the truth. I don't understand though the reason why it's just all female characters right now because they're at the. I I, I think what it is it's because it's it's all female because that's just who's there right now. Right. It's I, I, it feels very old school like team building comic booky when we've like. Listen to uh, like Len Wein talk about like comic writing comic books back in the day. He's like, yeah, we would just get bored and we'd be like, I just want to use characters that begin with the first part of the alphabet, yeah. and like, or he would flip flip a coin to pick I, which characters would go out on a team. Thinking about this too, it could just be like the first thing they can be like, yeah, it's the first all female X Men team. I think it will probably tie into the story somehow, like and why because they do start easy. with the there was two, you know organisms one was male with the other one was female one won and the other one lost and, and it, it, but, but she it has the feel, power of vengeance it doesn't feel like that force it's just these were the yeah, just, x-men that were around it does feel more organic. storm and you know storm and rachel got the call that mm-hmm. jubilee was coming in so storm and rogue who were the ones who could fly flew out there you know you know they mention other x-men I was able to catch up to this train because I sucked some power off of um, North Star. Mm-hmm. You're just wait till Hank sees you and the baby. He's gonna flip. You know they mm-hmm. mention all these other characters. It's not just like this is the team. This is just the team so far that's around this. Right. 
and it these feels, are their adventures. Yeah, it is. I don't want to say it didn't feel organic that this is why it is, but I'm like, I don't understand why it's being billed as the all female one because it definitely feels like anybody could show up. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I. And that's what and that's I was what, trying to go. That's I'm what sorry. makes the X Men books. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, oh, now we're gonna have Gambit pop mm-hmm. in. Oh. Now, who knows who's going to show up next? Because it could just be anyone. Like, I mean, look at Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. Like, that book's just batshit crazy, but yeah. I love it. You got a brood that's now just a brood, and which makes me sad. Yeah. And High Evolutionary is being a dick. Or not even... It's not High Evolutionary. Pichensis. It's Yeah, it's... Uh, what's this, It's this doctor or whatever from... Anyways, we're not reviewing Wolverine and the X-Men. No. But We've have, done that before. Yeah. We talk Have you guys played uh, great. talking about anybody can show up? Marvel Heroes, free downloadable game. Uh, it, no, I haven't played it yet. It feels a lot like Diablo. It just came out uh, on Tuesday um, or Wednesday, I forget. And I just played a little bit of it, maybe an hour's worth. A lot of fun. And anybody can show up at any time. I, I started playing WoW again. Really? Seriously, right before I went to Syracuse, I was sitting around, I was like... What am I going to do? I want to do something. Right. And I didn't feel like playing Injustice or uh, Borderlands. Are, are you still in the free? or? Version? Oh, no. I, I I thought about doing the free thing again. I was like, why don't I just get back mm-hmm. into it? So I, no, we'll I went back up. to my Warlock. All right. I'll log in. No, Alliance. I'm not telling you to play. I'm just saying. Well, I've been, look, I've been playing Final Fantasy VII again. Okay. <laughs> because I downloaded that. And then I started playing Marvel Heroes, oh. which feels like a Diablo. And like, not, not to sidebar all this, what what do you think you play as? Because I'll make it another new character. <laughs> I got enough characters around. I could play basically as anything. All right. Well, I got a warrior that's like level 70 that I you, could probably log into. Well, I'll, I'll make a new character. We can start right. fresh. So just well, let we'll, me know. We'll, we'll talk we'll, we'll offline and... Or online, I don't even know anymore. And but not on the podcast. You can talk on the to Paul podcast, on the phone, though. Yeah, on the podcast, Scott Snyder writes books that he, we read. He does write books that we read, and that's absolutely he writes a lot of books that we read. And that's why I picked up number one, and probably going to continue on with uh, the Wake. It, this is one of ten. From Vertigo. From Vertigo, Scott Snyder and... One of ten. Perfect for the trade. Sean Murphy. That's what I thought it was. Um, Sean Murphy from Criminal Fame? No, that's Sean Phillips. Uh, Sean Murphy, he drew... um, It was a Batman miniseries. Batman and Maidens, I want to say. He also does Punk Rock Jesus over at Vertigo. He writes and draws that. And he he did another Batman book, or at least an arc. Hmm. Because I remember buying it. And really digging his artwork. See, I, Sean Murphy. Okay, I don't know him. I, actually, yeah, I have a Batman I was, sketch from him in hmm. my sketchbook. It was the nice. very first one I got in my book. Really, that's I, cool. Yeah. I really like my Batman. My first uh, Batman. Joe the Barbarian with um, Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison, Batman, Scarecrow, Year One, Teen Titans, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hellblazer. I have that Shaun of the Dead book too. I didn't know he did that. Uh, American Vampire, Survival of the Fittest, as well. Oh, so, so he's worked with. Scott this is his second form. Uh, work. Okay, and this um, deals with this book, The Wake. The Wake, and this deals with um, kind of like an. It seems like an apocalyptic world in the beginning here with the kid with the. Uh, it's like the, the, the dolphin glider. and the glider, but then it oh, goes. It's very deep. Oh, oh my! What was it? No. Sea Guy? No, not Sea Guy. Deep Sea Rising. 
No. Deep Impact? Not Deep Impact. <laughs> Where the water the rises? The the sharks and Samuel L. Jackson getting eaten it was by the, the sharks. Deep was, Blue Sea? No, TV Waterworld. show with Jonathan Brandis. Oh. Sequest. Sequest, yes. Because <laughs> he can talk one. to a dolphin. Because there was a dolphin in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that only Jonathan Brandis could talk to. Nobody else could understand the dolphin. Nobody it's, else could see him. It's it so like much like Flipper. It's, it's, like, it's basically a combination of Flipper and Sidekicks is what this book is. <laughs> or was that Sequest? <laughs> um, but it starts kind of with this, with this apocalyptic kind of, it seems like an apocalyptic future kind of world. This kid flies into the city and then has to escape because of this giant tidal wave coming. But then it turns to this mother speaking to her son as she's feeding a whale. And she's been a government research scientist, knows more about whales than most people. And no, no, no. Doesn't know whale songs. Whale songs. Whale songs. She's very important to Star Trek Four. Yes. <laughs> book is a combination of Flipper, <laughs> Star Trek IV Voyage Home. Thank you. It is a Voyage Home. People have been telling then, me it's some other one. on the Facebook page. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there be whales here, Captain. There be whales. Uh, hello, computer? Computer. computer. Hello, computer. <laughs> that is like the best part of the movie. Um, he cured my kidney. <laughs> We just had this conversation on Sunday too. No, uh, so so the, that's the, what this podcast is. It's, it's cover- bringing us, bringing uh, all uh, our conversations uh, back. Just bring you back into the loop is what it is. Uh, hey, Roger, get back on topic, Roger. Get back on topic, Roger. Um, uh, so then uh, the this government this. This government program that she used to belong to comes, recruits her to come back. No, with no. The Department of Homeland Security comes and re, uh, recruits her. She used to work for HOAA. All right. Which I don't know what that stands for. Yeah. We okay. don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah. Anyways, so they recruit her to come back to listen. They should play her a clip of a noise. It's intrigued her. They can. She's it, heard it before, but she doesn't want to. Enough. She doesn't and want to admit also, that she's heard it before. Also, they say that they can clear the slate with her old job and get her son back, who's living with her ex-husband. <laughs> so when she comes with him, she comes to a deep sea sea station that's below the Arctic. With there's on a, a ghost rig, on which a ghost is rig. Which is an oil rig that's actually on the bottom of the ocean surface instead of being on the top. And there are um, two Not other... Not legal. Not legal. Not legal. Yet. Very quiet. But it pumps 2,000 barrels of oil per day. Per through day. heated pipes. Yeah. Through heated pipes. Here's the thing. I read this once, just like going through it before we record it, and Ooh. it sticks with you. All that information sticks. You're like, what's happening? Heated pipes. Heated All pipes. All right. Um, it's all a secret. The, yeah. the Homeland Security guy has brought other people on and told them that their expertise is going to be needed. It's really confused them because they're all different. Yeah. Um, Have a different expertise. Different and expertise. All been told they're One is be someone who else. knows about legendary creatures mm-hmm. and mythology. Um, the one is um, what's the other guy? The guy with like the fur coat. 
Is he? He's, he's kind of a dick. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they all have a. They all have these different. We're bringing together the best team. It's need an explosive expert, but they're all like but, experts in their field, yeah. and they all deal with a uh, weird, different sea kind of either folklore or uh, zoology. And what it comes down to is they've found something. And it's like a merman. It's pretty it's like much the half shark, black lagoon creature, mermaid from yeah. man, merman. And when it uh, gets out of the tank and bites you, you it go crazy. Your face off. You didn't go crazy. Just was dude. That guy, cra- wait, that guy was crazy. It's <laughs> crazy because his face is missing. <laughs> okay, yeah. well then, still crazy. I, I I predominantly read Batman by Scott Snyder. I love American Vampire. I buy those trades. But I'm a Scott Snyder fan because of Batman. Mm-hmm. So when I came into this, I really wasn't sure what I was getting. I didn't read the solicitation stuff from it. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was about. I read the first three pages on my break at work, and then I had to go back. So I read it right before mm-hmm. we started recording. And right after I got past those first three pages, I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. And it's people standing around talking about a job offer. Like, yeah, that's that's what it was. But there was enough there that I wanted to keep going. If I told you that it was just going to be a job offer book, would you have read it? No, no, of course not. That's why we didn't mention it was not not a job offer book. <laughs> <laughs> if you read this book, you'll get that joke. We didn't uh, mention it was not not. <laughs> it was fun. He does it well, he, and the he thing does, is, yeah. All I can imagine is by issue three, that shark thing has to be loose, it's, and those things, and everybody there, ten is issues, is going yeah, to be being issue, like, picked off one by one because there's five. So that leaves us with one more book left where they wrap it all up. This goes plus very, you have to tie into that kid <laughs> yeah. with the dolphin, and also the yeah kid with the dolphin in the future. This goes just from your basic like okay, it's people talking about science and doing things to a horror book really quick. It, and it reminds me of what I loved about uh, Brian K. Vaughn, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then the last panel is like, oh, that's different. It's, and I'm now hooked. It's a great setup for a sci-fi horror movie. It really it's is a really nice... It, but not, <laughs> but, but not but crappy not, movie with not, nice... <laughs> No, 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 it was Ladies Love the Cool J. It's LL Cool J. Yeah, LL stands for um, Ladies Love. Have Everybody knows that, John. Have Everybody. You, have you ordered issue number two? I have ordered two and three. Okay, okay good. Um, because I this really want to read them. This month, I really want to read them for free. This, this, <laughs> mu- this, um, this week's preview, though, did not have four in it. It had the director's cut of one. Which I didn't get because I was like, I'm not paying extra for that. No, you don't mm-hmm. do that. Um, but no, I I plan on getting this for the long haul. Like I've really loved um, what's that trade I let you borrow from Scott Snyder? Uh, severed, severed. Had a chance to read it. I I could not put that book down. I one of those books you Until sit down. You gave it to Chris. Well, when I finished it. Not only did I finish it, but I read all the extra stuff in the back uh-huh. where it was like where Scott Snyder got the idea from. But you didn't want to pick up the director's issue of this, even though knowing 
what you, you know what? From but it, Shepherd. I, no, you know. When this is in trade, you'll probably buy that. I probably will. And just to get the back matter. Probably. Okay. I, it's four ninety nine for like Ooh. the the director's cut. I already have issue one. Yeah. Like it's not. I understand. Uh, I'm not made of money to buy, <laughs> re-buy an issue that I already have just for liner notes. Chris, buying issues twice. I, I really wanted to read X-Men and Green Lantern. Like, I, I was say. okay with buying them again. I didn't realize that Green Lantern was seven ninety nine until John asked. Hey, um, I just want to say that I really, really like Sean Murphy's art in this, too. It yeah. fits the tone of this book. It fits with that apocalyptic with the... Mm-hmm. Um, dolphin and then when like the mom is sitting on the boat feeding the whale like layouts are really good like i really really like the art he he definitely works left to right Mm -hmm. which is something across two pages uh which is something i had to get used to again uh because it's first double page kind of thing that it happens twice like oh i have to have to keep reading and then i'm the second time it happens i'm like oh you're right 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 and then but Sean Murphy does he doesn't do much detail work in the backgrounds. No. So working in a underwater works really well. <laughs> and like what, I would love to see him yeah, on Aquaman. Yeah, but like the colorist like right there with that helicopter, like that the colorist and with that picture yeah. like in pink. You don't need anything. That's just a, yeah, you don't beautiful, need a beautiful picture. Mm-hmm. And what struck me it's, was really how he draws faces. <laughs> he does a fantastic job differentiating people and a lot of it is in the nose and I know it's stupid to say he draws great noses because it they're all different. Yeah, the and one arrogant distinct. bastard has a really big nose. Yeah, and then there's like that other, um, like the writer guy. Yeah, yeah, the the one that it, it's bigger, yeah, but messy. it's not mm-hmm. as bad as like, that dickish, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. But and that's something like to be able to draw faces differently, have them recognizable. That's something in comics because a lot of times it's just like. Oh, here's a face, eyes, and I'm going to put a mask on it so you know mm-hmm. who it is. David Finch. <laughs> no feet. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, we enjoy reading comics, we enjoy talking about comics, and we want to get you more involved in reading and talking about comics with us. And how do we do that, Chris? Well, we got a bunch of ways. You can try hitting us up over on our Facebook. We're just bagging board. And we're just going to start doling out our, you know, if you want to be reading something we're reading and we have a digital copy of it, we'll be sending out those codes soon. Uh, uh, just send us a message on Twitter yeah. or Facebook. Last issue we talked about, or last, last episode. episode, we should just call them issues. <laughs> last episode we talked about all the different books that we collect that have the digital download codes in the back of it. We've got a bunch of stuff um I'm trying to figure out a way to put like that database online on the website or something. Mm-hmm. It could just have its own page. Um, if there's a book that you want to check out, let us know. We'll send you that code. If you have codes that you're not using and you want us to read them, let us know. We have or if three... you want us to dull them out to other no, listeners. No, we, we'll read it. Okay. Well. Hey, okay. if they want us to read the books, we will. We yeah, yeah, yeah. If they ask us to read or if it's a book we're already picking up but you have a code for and wish to end up in a reader's hands, we'll pass it along. We've got three codes from X-Men number one. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But, and Daredevil now. And Daredevil now has the digital download codes in as well. Oh, man. Oh, right. i got to find my issue too. number 26. Or Somewhere hey, else. Hey, so make sure you check that out. It'll be over on bangboard.com. But Facebook, 
we're on Twitter. Tumblr, we're on Twitter. We're on iTunes. Rate us and review us. Send us an email, contact at beggingboardcast.com, or email us individually, just Chris, John, or Paul at beggingboardcast.com. We enjoy them. We're, we're pretty accessible, Roger. <laughs> yeah, Roger. So uh, this was another Bag and Boardcast, and uh, I'm Paul. You know, Paul, you really should get more credit for doing stuff that, like, has a lingering effect with stupid bullshit with us. I should. Manly. But I don't. Manly. Manly. <laughs> but I don't. And that's okay. So have a great week from Paul. I wanted us to do it. <laughs> from John? Uh-huh. Chris? <laughs> uh-huh. Roger! <laughs>